Hello, you're listening to season four of the Achieve With Me podcast. This fourth series is a special interview series showcasing interviews with some hugely inspiring women and men who have a thing or two to share with you about building your career and becoming more confident. My mission as a confidence and career performance coach is to empower women like you to grow in confidence and stretch your comfort zones to get to that next level in your career on your terms. Without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, my ambitious ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Achieve With Me podcast, the interview series. Now, today I have got a fantastic guest on for you, Claudia Varias. Claudia is a career change and mindset coach. She spent seven years in corporate tech, four years in management, living the career that she had always been chasing and what she'd previously defined as a successful career. Even though her career looked bright and shiny on the outside, she realized one day that it didn't actually look bright and shiny at all. So Claudia took ownership of her life and in the midst of heavy burnout, decided to do something about this, to align her career to her heart's and soul's calling. So now as we speak to her today, um, she is a certified coaching professional. She wakes up every day excited, inspired and motivated. And let's face it, that is what we all want to achieve out of our life. Claudia now works with beautiful clients, creating their very own definition of a successful career and one that is aligned with how they actually want to live their lives and who they want to be, which enables her to experience incredible transformations of self-love, confidence and courage. So a fantastic guest today. And the topic that we're going to be talking all about is something that I think we've actually both experienced in our careers. Um, But it's that shifting dynamic as we transition into a managerial role. So welcome to the show. Rachel, I love your energy. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful to have you. I'm so excited for this conversation. So obviously we know each other and I know a little bit about your your past and your career history but you know you're clearly very ambitious and I think that the listeners will be really keen to understand a little bit more about that career and but before we get into that do you think being ambitious um has affected relationships that you've had at work over time Mm. Oh, you get straight to the point, Rachel. I love it. (laughs) It's a very good question. So it's interesting. So I really believe that the word ambitious and being ambitious, and especially as a woman, and probably you can relate to this and many of the listeners as well, is just so misinterpreted, uh, I think, in general. And you know, it's interesting because when I grew up, my mom used to, even when I was a kid, she used to always describe me that I'm so ambitious and that I'm kind of always like, so like, okay, what what else and what more, what else? And apparently it's something that I had in my early childhood. Like, it's not something I, I was born with, but I was just always naturally <laughs> curious because obviously like things like uh, confidence and ambition is it's just things that you develop over time when you clear what you really want to do in your life. And so um, I believe right now and it took me a while especially in corporate because when you're a woman in corporate in it and then you move also into management it's like 
oh, she's ambitious, you know, there must be something like evil about her, you know, because she's ambitious, you know, I'm exaggerating now, right? But there is like this uh, this perception that if, that if a woman is, is ambitious, that uh, she's not a nice person, right? And so the, the one the one thing that I would say is that for me, being ambitious is just like actually such a good thing. If, if the intentions are good, it's just like the spark and this passion that you have to actually do something and do something more. And, um, you know, I just want to also embrace like all the lovely ladies that are listening here as well now is that this paradox is like you can be ambitious and you can be a nice person, right? You can be yes. ambitious and you can be a good people manager, right? You can be ambitious and you can help others, to succeed as well right so uh, that's first that i just is, is super important and then mm. to answer your question um if relationships change at work uh yeah for for sure like i feel like relationships have changed at work but also in my private life you know like the the more i kind of speak about or have spoken about my ambition but even now as a as an entrepreneur the bigger my vision and the bigger my ambition by nature, I feel like relationships change, right? And so um, if there are people that truly align with you and with your vision, then those are not people that will kind of either judge you or criticize you for what you're kind of trying to achieve. Um, but I think it's something that we just need to be or learn to be okay with, that relationships are, you know, like they work in like a cyclic nature, right? There are relationships that will be here, there are relationships that will be changing and there are relationships that will be going and that is okay. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I'm really glad that you mentioned about um, your personal life as well, because I, that's so true. Some people have said to me before, um, gosh, you can never just sit still, can you? Or you can never <laughs> yeah. just settle. And it's like, well, why is that a negative? You know, I don't think it has to be. Um, but I do think that, you know, there is this kind of association. If you were to say to somebody, okay, picture um, a confident, ambitious woman, you know, there would be a picture conjured up by people. And part of that, that kind of persona that's built up around that as part of the perception is um, maybe somebody who's cold or maybe somebody who feels as though, um, you know, they'll stop at nothing to achieve success. And I think that, you know, it's so incorrect and so many women as a result, almost shy away from from progressing because they don't want to fit that perceived persona. Yes. Um, so yeah, really, really interesting point there. And, and I'm really glad that you clarified straight away that that isn't how it has to be. Um, and it isn't how it is in every organization as well. Um, yeah. So of course, you throughout your career, you've sort of shifted from being you know, within corporate tech and, and started getting into management as, as you progressed. Um, did you ever consider a, a progression path that wasn't in a people management capacity? Mm. Yes, uh, for sure. And I've also done um, these kind of shifts as well. So I've initially, so I've worked in the automotive industry, I've worked in the hotel industry, so tourism industry and event management in Dubai, and then I moved to like uh, tech and, and corporate tech. So I have been doing vertical moves as well across different industries, but they all were, were very intentional about what skills I can actually develop, right? And so I knew kind of that I wanted to enter into people management at some point, but I also believe that in, in your career, you need 
to make also um, vertical steps to gain more experience and more perspective and more skills to prepare you for that uh, for that step. And you pro- you might know like what Cheryl Sandberg uh, Sandberg is saying, right? She's saying that, and it sucks so it sucks so much with me. She's saying that don't treat your career as like a jungle gym and not a ladder, right? So mm. jungle gym is like this thing on the playground, right? Where kids are playing and sometimes you just have to take a side step to then go up, right? As it's not like a clear, like a ladder that you just go up. Um, and she's basically saying, because if you only climb up the ladder, then you will end up looking always at someone else's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I found it, it. I heard this early on, and it just really resonated with me. And so, I, you know, like the advice that I gave as meant uh, as a manager and also as a mentor when I was still in corporate, but even now with my clients, it's just like there are different ways that and different steps that you can take. And so, I think it's a gift that you can do for yourself to consider not only going up but also going like sideways. You know, like what vertical moves can you actually move? Um, and what skills can you gain with that, right? Because especially nowadays, it's um, new perspectives is equal to value. And value is equal to like, okay, that's kind of your unique perspective onto things and the experience that you have. So I'm a huge believer and actually a huge advocate for people first making frequent career changes, but also making vertical changes. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because what we often think that everything has to be linear and you know as you suggested that that quote from Cheryl Sandberg I love but um from a p- perspective of you know understanding how things work and putting yourself in the shoes of other people in different departments of the organization I'm mm-hmm. definitely an advocate for um building relationships with and actually trying out different departments so that you can actually get the other side of the story because mm. I was always in sales for a long time and actually one of the things that people didn't often do in sales would be go and visit the people in the warehouse and understand how the logistics side of things went and even just having the perspective of that really important function in the organization completely altered how I would do certain parts of my role so mm. I totally agree with you that it, it's very important to almost get a better understanding of where you're at in terms of the level um, across the whole organization before you move up. So yeah, really good point. And I think as well, people management isn't for everybody because there are often roles that you can go into that don't require you to take on people in direct line management capacity. Um, But when we look at um, the most sort of traditional linear path, it, it may often include that. So one of the things that we're aiming to kind of get across and, and really take a, an open conversation on today is, you know, what actually happens when you you do shift into that role and the dynamic really changes between you and your peers. Um, so to understand from your perspective, you know, mm-hmm. as you became more successful over time and got more experiences, um, what would you say the sort of main challenges were that you came across? Mm-hmm. It is true that moving from an individual contributor to a manager role is is not easy. And I don't feel like it's being talked about enough. And so that's why I'm really grateful for you also opening up the space to talk about this. Because, you know, when you move into management and you have 
responsibility over people's growth and people's um, development, right? It's, it's a big thing. So on top of that, actually, you also, as you said, dynamics change, right? Like in my case, it was like I stepped up to manage uh, the team that I was part of initially, right? And there were some kind of some good friends back then, uh, also part of this. So there are for sure changes in relationships and in dynamics. Um, it is actually quite fascinating what can happen when suddenly you have an authoritative title, <laughs> right, uh, in front of you. It's very interesting how this can change. But at the same time, you're not only responsible for this group of people, but you're responsible as well for your own growth and development and also to kind of try to satisfy your uh, upper line, right, like the executives, but at the same time, your peers, right? So honestly, at the beginning, it it, it feels very lonely, it feels like very, very lonely. And that's why I believe it is so important that companies provide actually more support to this first line and for, and uh, middle managers, especially for people that are uh, managers for the first time, like for example, mm. coaching, right? Like just once a month, like a coaching session with someone to talk about these things, right? Because there are things that you will go through as a, as a, as a new manager that you don't want necessarily to talk with your manager about. Right. Mm. Um, and so it's it requires an extremely high willingness to increase your emotional intelligence so that you can be a good leader right and um i think that this is the big difference between as well like managers and leaders is like what's your intention by being actually a manager right and yes i've been ambitious but my intention was never to do it at the expense of someone else's uh growth or performance yeah. or reputation let's say right so for me um this this mentality of like I win you lose is just that's a no-go right mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's very important that you're in an environment that also supports that but if not and you're in a manager position then take on that responsibility to create that environment and lead the way right mm -hmm. and and try to change a little bit the narrative of um, how we traditionally perceive things yeah that's really interesting and especially when you think about the thing that you said that, that I found most interesting was about the support that's available mm -hmm. for people who are in these roles. Mm. And I do think it's very much, <sighs> this This could just be my experience of my career, but I do think it's very much of almost like just throw them into the role. And let's see how, how fast they can tread water. Um, and that's, you know, yes, it builds your resilience to a certain extent. And, you know, there's some lessons learned. But actually, if there was more support, then not only that individual is going to thrive, but the team that they're supporting and looking yeah. after is going to thrive as well. So I definitely think yeah. that that's, that's something that should have more focus on. So the challenges that you faced in those early days, um, mm -hmm. you know, what would you say was sort of the, the worst thing that, or, or worst situation that happened? I'd say I, I would come back to this feeling of loneliness, mm. kind of like you are part of a team, like now of the manager of the of the of the leadership team, but at the same time you're still alone, right? You're not part of the other team anymore that you were part of, right? So you kind of like you you the challenge really here is like to kind of define who you want to be, right? Like if like because. I feel like at work, especially we oftentimes unconsciously even 
try to identify our worth with what we do, right? Like what title we have, what kind of team, what kind of team we belong to, what kind of company, all these kind of things. But when you're a manager and at the beginning, at least, and it feels very lonely, you do need to then kind of take a moment and just actually ask yourself, okay, what kind of manager do I really want to be? Right. And there's a difference between like answering this question in the interview before you have the job <laughs> and then actually answering the question when you are yeah. in the role, you know, knowing and understanding what it actually means to be a manager. Right. And I feel like um, in my previous role, where I was a manager, I was, was I also was the um, head of the growth and development committee for office for 500 people. And so a lot of the young professionals that come to me and they say they want to be a manager and, um, and I ask, okay, what are the reasons that you want to become a manager? And in 90% of the cases, it's the same. It's because I want to help people. I want to help, you know, and develop people. I want to coach people. Mm. And you might know this, like the, and that's what I learned. Then, and it was one of my challenges It's like, it is part of your responsibility, but it is not only your responsibility, right? There are very different other tasks on top of that um, that need your focus as a manager besides only, um, you know, the team itself. So I think that was also a challenge to kind of balance that. And for me, it was always natural. And I knew I wanted to be the manager that focuses on the people. So I invested way more time into that than maybe... Um, was being seen or valued or appreciated by, by the rest of the leadership team. But then that's where you need to develop the confidence and work maybe with a confidence coach, right? Like yourself to really be like, this is who I want to be as a manager. And this is kind of the movement that I want to start as a manager, you know, in terms of like how people feel in the workplace. And I stand for that and I do this and I don't care what my peers will say about this, right? And Because uh, I know I'm performing. I do it for the better of the team. I do it for the better of the company. So... I'm all here for it, right? And that's where just I see a lot of, and I didn't have the confidence at the beginning for sure, right? So that's the thing where when I'm reflecting back, it's like having have worked with some sort of like confidence coach um, on that aspect would have made just life a little bit easier back then. Yeah, I can imagine so. And um, one of the other things that came to mind when you were talking was um, all to do with personal branding because mm. we don't realize that we're always creating a personal brand and I did a, a, mm. an interview on this a couple of weeks back and um, we don't realize that we're all, always putting out a personal brand whether we're consciously doing it or not and actually I do think as part of moving people into those managerial roles there should be some support some support surrounding creating a personal brand because we don't know what kind of impressions that we could be giving off without actually realizing or intentionally you know doing that so I think that you're absolutely right you you, you worked on who you wanted to be as a manager and and what kind of experience you wanted to give people mm -hmm. but actually being able to really articulate that and refine down why you wanted to do certain things and how they aligned with your values, you yeah. know, would have been really helpful for your confidence at, the, at, the, at that early stage as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's something that I think that a lot of people don't even necessarily think about. They think, woo, promotion, great, yeah. I've got this role, bit of a pay rise. And then you think, oh, gosh, there's actually a lot of responsibility that goes with this as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. And one one advice maybe that I can give retrospectively from, from my experience is be clear on who you are when 
you're not defined by a job or by a title. I think this is so important because what I've done, and I mean, obviously back then I just didn't know better. I was like in my early 20s, my goals was uh, to become a director as fast as possible in a big international company. I took on this goal without ever kind of reflecting what that actually means. So I always identify myself. I'm, I'm, you know, part of this company. I have this title, right? I'm a data analytics manager at this company, right? But then if I take away all of this and who am I really, right? And what do I stand for and what are my intentions? And so doing that reverse engineering is actually what will not only make your life easier because you you align your actions every day at your job and in your private life to that person rather than to like these external validations that we're seeking for, right? Mm -hmm. So I really believe that a good uh, leader and also kind of developing the next generation of leaders is really like be just clear on who you are outside of all of these things and then incorporate this really into your leadership and hence help to change a little bit the narrative on how things are working right now in corporate not everywhere but still just like in general um let's just become more human again <laughs> yeah and it's so funny that you say that because if 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 you'd have said that to me whilst I was in that role, I don't think I'd have quite understood what you meant. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I remember one of my directors firing some questions at me one day, and you know, I I thought I was self-aware at that point, but I really wasn't. He said, you know, what's your superpower? And I'd never even considered it. I'd never even, you know, and which is ridiculous for somebody who was, you know, considered consider myself reasonably intelligent and, and ambitious and yes. you know and so it was really surprising to me that I hadn't actually considered who I was what I was good at mm. and my intentions for wanting to do things in a certain way mm. before I even looked at my role it was very much defined as this is what my role is um rather than looking at this is why I want to make change or, or these are the things that I enjoy you know mm. That's a good place to start. If anybody is thinking, oh, I wouldn't really know where to start. I think start with what you enjoy and what you're passionate about um, and then really just start kind of working it in. And I love the phrase you used, reverse engineering, because, yeah, that's definitely something that we should all be doing to understand ourselves a bit better and to become self-aware before we kind of apply that to a role. Because, as you said, if the goal is to, you know, change your career a lot more frequently than we traditionally might have done, then that identity can't be left at the door. You know, mm. it needs to be more fluid and we need to be agile as individuals. So, yes. yeah, I love yes, that. Yes, 100%. And uh, I like what you said there on, on kind of writing down what, what you're interested in and what your strengths are. I think they're, they're, the practical ways is really like, okay, write down five things that you're interested in, write down five things that you're good at. Um, and also just like write down like five of your intentions. You know, I think that setting intention on how you want to show up, who you want to be, how they want to treat people, these kind of things can really be a game changer for you and for the people around you. So that's a, a place to start. But obviously, it's it, it's so interesting what you mentioned, Rachel, that you thought that you were quite aware at that stage already, because I thought so too. Yeah. Um, and from my own perspective, it's like I was reading all these books, you know, I was like, okay, one, uh, one book a month challenge. And it's just like watching all these TEDx talks all this podcast like constantly was on constantly listening something constantly absorbing something but that doesn't necessarily equal to being 
aware and knowing yourself, right? Yeah. The question really then is like, okay, how can you kind of take the topic that you read about in this book and actually go inwards and reflect what you actually think about this, yeah. right? Does this work for you? You know, like I, I've read this, the 5 a.m. club and it's all about like wake up in the morning, 5 a.m. and set up your day. And I've done that for like six months. But I just didn't realize the more awareness work I've done uh, with myself, I just realized it's not for me. So I actually mm -hmm. someone that likes to sleep in. So I sleep in and I'm okay with that, right? So uh, it's so interesting what you say. So uh, the message really here is that be just open to reflect and give yourself space on what you actually think about this and whether this works for you or not, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, I mean, another way to really integrate this and embody this and work with this is to have a space and um, an expert by side, like a coach to just really help you reconnect with yourself again. Yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of sniggering to myself because I know that you just said, oh, you know, I was doing all the things. I was reading all the books. I was listening to the podcast, listening to TED Talks. And I think, because we're exactly the same in that, I think the difference is when I kind of question myself, why? wasn't I self-aware as I probably ought to have been at that point. It's the intention behind consuming that content rather than mm -hmm. actually consuming it, right? Because mm -hmm. if you and I are sat there consuming that content from a place of wanting to get promoted and go to the top, yeah. we're missing the messages that we need to hear about ourselves and we're focusing on the pieces of information that we feel will help us on our journey. Whereas now as coaches we're all about genuine development and understanding ways in which we can help clients to be able to shift their perspectives about themselves so the, the because the intentions changed I think you pull out different pieces of information from that would you mm. agree with that 100% I love this reflection Arisha. and again it just shows how aware you are <laughs> finally <laughs> we got there in the end <laughs> we got there. <laughs> no but it's it's, it's so true, right? It's And this is just shows you, like, your example just shows the power of setting an intention, like not a goal, but an intention in that case, right? Mm -hmm. And so applying this the same way in, in your career, it's just like, you know, my intention is just to be a, um, an, a good leader, right? Whatever you define as good. Or my intention is just to uh, listen deeply to people, right? If that's your intention, then you will act but you will also be in the moment way more present then when you set yourself a goal it's like oh uh, whatever i need to have 10 meetings today because i need to make myself visible so that i can get the promotion right so it, mm -hmm. it is a very different kind of vibe and energy that you set yourself up for so um i really love that example and i, I couldn't agree more so something I, I wish i would have known earlier especially when i became manager was probably like set yourself intentions mm -hmm. and let go of these obsessive goals, you know, that um, that you might have. I know it might sound weird, but just be open to that perspective for ever, for 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 whoever is listening. But just be open to that perspective um, and take it from people that just have gone through that, right? So um, there is more. There's just more to life than obsessively working towards um, a one specific goal, right? There's all these things that we talked about: this inner work, this setting intention, and just do good around you. Yeah definitely and it feels better it feels lighter it feels happier when 
you know, you're developing as an individual rather than putting all your energy into powering towards one action or one goal. So yeah, I love that. So when you were um, starting to get used to the managerial roles and feeling a a lot more proficient and more confident within that, um, you know, when you're looking at still wanting to achieve more, but actually enjoying the day to day, did you ever find a best way of achieving that balance? Because I know so often people are constantly striving for the next step and never actually stop to enjoy the day to day. What's your view on that? Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's such an, it's such an interesting point because it's still something that as an entrepreneur and you probably know this as well. And as a coach, it's still something that, um, I, I'm learning about right and I do realize that I've definitely got better into the like better in the topic because when I was in in corporate it's it's the syndrome this gold medal syndrome right you might have heard of it it's like <laughs> I love that gold medal syndrome yeah gold medal syndrome this down. <laughs> yeah. it's this phenomenon that like athletes for example right they put all this hard work all these exercises all this time all this energy to get the gold medal, you know, in the competition, and then they get it, and then the day after, they are like, and now what, right? Yes, I've and heard now, that a lot with, like, Olympians and things, thinking, oh, my yeah. goodness, actually falling into depression because they feel they have no purpose now. Exactly, exactly. This is exactly it, and it's and this, this gold medal syndrome, I mean, it's also happening in the business world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, someone having the business is like, I want to sell it for X amount, for millions, whatever it is, right? If you build an empire, and then that happens, and then people fall into depression, you know? Like, if you worked on the business for 10 years, and actually finally happens what you've worked towards, too, and then you're like, okay, now what? So... I started with this because this makes me always reflect, okay, um, and these are real life examples. It makes me reflect if I get that one thing, it doesn't mean it will make me happier, right? So, um, and but the thing is, it's interesting. Now I know this, but back then I didn't. So back then I've worked, right, like 10, 12 hours a day. I prioritized work all the time. I wasn't very much, I was very much in the doing and not in the being for me to get the manager role, right? For me to get the promotion, and then I got it. And then it's like, almost, it's like, okay, let's just continue. Right. And so the point really is that it doesn't like the, the biggest, I guess, piece of advice that I want to share here is like, if you're not really in the now, and if you don't really are happy with what you do right now or satisfied with how your day looks like getting the title or doing that change or whatever, won't make a difference. Mm. Right. And so that that gold medal syndrome right like you you have to understand yourself enough on what you actually what fills your day like what fills your energy what do you enjoy doing in your day and just enjoy right now the process and just enjoy right now the day because just you know having the manager title won't make it better having the director title won't make it better if you cannot be happy right now right um and so it's it's super interesting and actually I have to think now intuitively um I was in the plane and I was watching Kung Fu Panda because like there was no other movie I was just watching that and there's this old wise turtle that was just saying you know yesterday's a memory the future is imaginary and uh now is um is a gift 
That's why it's called the presence. Mm. That's why it's called the present, right? And so I have, I think we just have to constantly remind ourselves that if you are not satisfied right now with who you are and what you have, getting to that X point won't make it any better, right? And that's the hard truth. I think, you know, you might have experienced that. I've definitely experienced this. So really be clear again on the self-awareness piece is like, okay, um, what's my definition of a successful day? You know, is it to be in 10 Zoom meetings and not have time for my for my fiance and not have time to go for a walk with my dog? Or is it to just spend two hours outside? You know, is that the definition of a successful day for me? Right, and just be honest and uh, let yourself and allow yourself the space as well to prioritize yourself. Yeah, so important. Um, I think that when we look at things that happen in our lives, we spend so long dreaming of them and imagining them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the future's imaginary. And when they come round, and I want everyone to to kind of think about any particular life events that they've had, when they come around, my experience is, is that they never feel how I've imagined them. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. never feels the same. There's just something, something different about it. And I think we can't always keep striving for something that we're so so convinced that we want and need to then get there and go oh I thought that this would feel different yeah and I kind of feel a little bit disappointed now so yeah 100% just try and enjoy that journey and think do when we're reflecting do more regular reflections you know at the end of each day I always ask all my clients you know write down three to five things that have gone well today but getting into that practice every day means that you're you're living in that moment and you're appreciating what's happened in that moment in that day rather than needing to have a huge goal or milestone to be able to say now look at what I've achieved so I think that's important well this has been such an interesting conversation and I feel like we could keep going for hours um because you know it's such an interesting topic but when we think about um you know helping people with navigating that shift in dynamic I think that you've given a lot of examples surrounding you know the feelings of of loneliness and and wanting to have more support from the organization um and hopefully some of the self-reflection tools that we've shared with the listeners will help them to approach that in different ways so that's been really really beneficial um for yourself um i think a lot of listeners will be thinking oh i'd actually love to know a lot more about what you do so would you mind sharing a bit more about specifically how you help women today um, and then just share where they can connect with you if they find that interesting yes of course yes so right now I work actually with um, both so men and women and well actually whatever gender you identify it doesn't really it doesn't really matter to me what matters to me is really like who you are what your dreams are what your aspirations are and just provide you with the space to actually work on them right like if you are right now in a job that where you feel stuck and lost and exhausted and not feel valued and seen you don't deserve to stay in that environment right so it's 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 really like i'm really here and on a mission to help people see and understand that you can have a career that you actually enjoy and love and just reconnect with yourself and just be seen and just be valued and just 
enjoy your day to day, right? And not hustle and just um, have fun. So yeah, so that's really my mission. That's really true to transform uh, people's career into something they love and enjoy. And yeah, where where can people find me? LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and also claudiavirus.com. I think Rachel, you put the links in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm there. So, you know, also what you do, Rachel, uh, around confidence is just so important. So I believe that for everyone listening, there are the spaces out there, like literally like, it's Rachel's mission I have a mission we're here to provide you with these spaces um so it's just really up to you to make the choice to go for it um and we're going to be both of us actually I hope you're okay if I speak on your behalf we're both going to be here to cheer you on and to make sure that we we make it happen so um we're here for everyone so just make the take take ownership and make the choice to do something about it a hundred percent. And so beautifully said. Thank you. I'll definitely put the links in the show notes. And I think, you know, just to add to that, that we're definitely on the sidelines waiting because we know through being in this situation ourselves in mm. roles where we want to progress and we're running into the very same roadblocks that you're experiencing today. So not only have we got that lived experience, um, but we've got the experience of helping women navigate these situations um, and come out the other side. So mm. one of the things that um, people always ask about, things like coaching and mentoring, um, is, you know, what are the main benefits that you'll see? And above all, above anything else is it really does collapse the time between where you are today and, and the goal that you want to get to, apart from lots of other benefits as well. So, you know, if you are on that fast track path to getting a promotion or, or working your way to a role that feels more meaningful to you, um, get some support with it and let's let's get you there faster. So um, thank you so, so much for giving your time and expertise today. I'm really, really grateful. I know it's going to be a fantastic episode for the listeners. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. If you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. And if you're looking for more ways you can increase your presence at work and accelerate your chances of success, I have something for you. I'm so excited to be opening enrollment for my program, The Career Accelerator. Now, this blends the perfect amount of private one-to-one -one coaching sessions and adding in some pre-recorded video modules that you can learn in your own time. This is really going to help you to be able to change your external perceptions within the workplace, have more of a presence in meetings and speak with more gravitas and authority to really help you to articulate your value. If you'd like to grow in mindset, confidence and of course communication skills, I absolutely recommend that you get in touch for a chat about this. You'll find me on LinkedIn, which is just Rachel Gilfrin. Or you can find me on Instagram, which is at Rachel Harriet Coaching. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening today.